Boy, I just love to sing. I love to uh, hear you sing, and uh, I love to be in a singing church. And by the way, I just want to tell you, those, uh, uh, I, I don't know whether you even understand this or not, but as the pastor of the church, my heart was just so thrilled, so warmed yesterday as I saw so many of you not just washing clothes for people. That was great. But I mean to see you talking to people and praying with people and uh, interacting with people. And one young man actually prayed to receive Christ yesterday while we were uh, there at the laundromat. We just praised the Lord for that. And just just seeing you minister in Jesus' name was just such a blessing to me. And I thank you. Thank you for, for your love and for your service to the Lord. We've been studying through the Gospel of Mark the last, uh, oh, several years. And uh, <clears throat> we're up to the 12th chapter, and we're uh, in verse 35. We'll be looking at uh, verse 35, 36, 37 uh, today. And uh, <clears throat> I'm probably going to preach a short sermon this morning. Don't get used to that, though, Okay. But uh, I've been uh, battling a little bit with my throat, and I'm going to try to kind of keep my sermon short today, and uh, at least I'm going to try to do that. So we'll see if that works. Uh, In this 12th chapter, uh, this is about Wednesday of Passion Week. This is about two days before Jesus is going to be betrayed and arrested and crucified, so... uh, on this particular chapter, <clears throat> a whole group, groups of people come to Jesus to test him. They come to examine him, to try to trick him, actually. And the Pharisees came to him, and they, they came with a trick question and asked, you know, well, is it, oh, is it right for us to pay taxes to Caesar? And Jesus answered their question in such a way that it just shut them down. And then the Sadducees came, who don't believe in the resurrection, any kind of resurrection, and they came with a trick question, and Jesus answered them wisely and shut them down. And then a scribe came to Jesus and asked him, uh, what's the greatest commandment? And Jesus answered him, and the scribe said, wow, you got it right. You know, it's to love the Lord with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. And so... When they've all finished asking their questions, Jesus then says, Now I want to ask you a question. So it's time to turn the tables around a little bit. And so Jesus said, and this is in verse 35, And as Jesus taught in the temple, he said, How can the scribes say that the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one, is the son of David? And, of course, this was a very common teaching. And and there's a sense in which Jesus himself was the son of David because uh, David was a distant ancestor of both Joseph, who was not Jesus' father but was his earthly uh, foster father, but also a distant relative, uh, ancestor of Mary. If you read in Luke's gospel and Matthew's gospel, it traces the lineage of both Joseph and Mary goes back to David. And it was a pretty common teaching in that day that uh, the, the Messiah would be called 
the son of David. That is, he would be a descendant of David. So Jesus said, now, how is it that the scribes say that the Messiah, that's what the word Christ means. A lot of people think that Christ was Jesus' last name, Jesus Christ. It's not. Christ just means Messiah or anointed one. And so he's called Jesus the Messiah. And uh, so he said, how do the scribes say that the Messiah is the son of David? And uh, uh, then he goes on to say, David himself, in the Holy Spirit, that is led by the Holy Spirit, declared, and then he quotes from one of David's psalms, Psalm 110, which, by the way, is the most quoted chapter in the whole New Testament. It is quoted more often uh, by Paul, by the writer of the Hebrews, and by Jesus than any other, any other uh, chapter in the Bible. Just thought I'd throw that out for a little t- Bible trivia. So if anybody ever asks you, what is the most quoted Old Testament chapter in the New Testament, you'll be able to say it's Psalm 110. And in Psalm 110, David, inspired by the Holy Spirit, said, The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. So this is a pretty clear reference. David is speaking, and he says, The Lord said to my Lord, who was the Messiah, sit at my right hand until I put all your enemies under my feet. And then he says, David himself calls the Messiah Lord. So how is it that he's his son? Is Jesus David's son or is he David's Lord? Well, the answer is yes. According to the flesh, according to uh, uh, the descendancy, the royal descendancy, Jesus is born in the line of David. So he has a right to the royal throne. But he is much more than the son of David. He is also Lord of all. So here's the question. The question that he's dealing with here is, uh, is the Messiah simply a reigning king? Is he simply, is he merely a son of David because all of the Jewish people were looking for a Messiah to come who would come as a a warrior king like David, that he would come in and defeat Rome and defeat the enemies of the Jewish people and that he would establish Israel as a supreme nation and a sovereign independent nation of their own. And that's what they were expecting. But Jesus said, I am the son of David, but I'm much more than the son of David. I am the son of God. And I have come to establish a kingdom, but it is not a kingdom of might and power with a sword and with weapons. I have come with another weapon the weapon of love, and the weapon of sacrifice. So Jesus said, 
I have come to establish a kingdom, but that kingdom is to be established in the hearts of men, not on the thrones of earthly kingdoms. And I, the reason this is important to me today is that the whole question is, what do you think about Jesus? Who is Jesus? Uh, there's popular teaching today called the prosperity gospel, which I despise, literally. I absolutely hate it because it so twists the Scripture and it eliminates, omits so much Scripture. And it's a teaching that says Jesus has come to make us healthy and to make us rich, to make us prosperous, to make us uh, uh, successful in anything and everything that we do. He's come to make our life easy and to make our life good, to make our life uh, comfortable. Well, that is exactly the opposite of what Jesus teaches us in his own teaching. He said, in this life, you will have tribulation. He talked about that if any man is going to follow me, he can expect to take up a cross Not to take up a Cadillac or something like that, but to take up a cross and be willing to die. And throughout the history of Christianity, what we have seen is that where Christ has been put forth most sufficiently and most successfully, it has been by those who followed Christ's example and were willing to give rather than to get. By those who were willing to sacrifice rather than than to demand something from God for themselves. Let me tell you something. God is going to abundantly prosper every believer. But it may not be in this life, and it may not be with money in the bank and cars in the garage. The Bible teaches that He has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. I tell you, heaven is waiting for those who are waiting for heaven. I want to tell you, God has for all of his children a place and a time of absolute bliss and joy and and prosperity for sure, spiritual prosperity where every enemy will have been defeated, even the enemy of death, and where every negative thing will be cast aside and we will live in his presence in abundant eternal joy forever and ever but in this life the bible says don't expect that to be the case in this life the lord jesus christ has promised us struggle in fact the apostle peter said do not think it strange When the fiery trials come into your life. We shouldn't think that when when problems come into our lives as a Christian. By the way, every person in here right now probably is facing some struggle right now. That's right. And if you're not, if you say, well, no, I'm not facing any struggles. Well, look out. You got one coming. Somebody said, I think it's Dr. Adrian Rogers said, our whole life we can say everybody's either coming out of a storm 
or they're in a storm, or they're getting ready to go into a storm because the storms are going to come. And you say, well, that's just not good news, preacher. I don't like to hear the fact that I'm going to have struggles in my life. Well, whether you come to church or not, if you just look around at life or look at your own life, you know it's the truth. I tell you, everybody, everybody here, if they were honest, everybody here could stand up and say, man, I, I'm, I'm facing struggles. Joe and Maxine, have just. they told me this morning they've had seven deaths in their family since May of this last year. That's just amazing. And I mean just one after another and their daughter uh, struggling with uh, breast cancer now and radiation and everything like that. And Joe himself just got out of having uh, his second uh, uh, eye surgery. Well, but I don't hear them complaining. I don't hear them griping. I don't hear them say, they say, you know, God is good. But God is good. And uh, life is hard, but God is good. And heaven is certain for those who put their trust in Jesus. And uh, we read the lives of all the apostles and just read the story of how each of them suffered and died. And what he's saying here is when you think about Jesus, who is the Lord's Christ? Who is he? Well, if you say, well, who he is, he's, he's my grand Santa Claus in the sky. And he's just going to give me all kinds of good candy and good stuff. All No, he said that's not who he is. Who he is, he is Lord. How did he become Lord? By going to a cross, by suffering shame and pain and dying for our sins. And he says to us, If you follow me, you'll follow me by taking up a cross. You will suffer in this life. And the Apostle James, or the James, the the author of the book of James, said, uh, My brethren, count it all joy when you go through all kinds of different trials and struggles. That doesn't seem, doesn't even make sense, does it? How, how, can you, how can you rejoice when you're going through struggles? Well, you do for one reason, because you know that Christ himself also suffered. And you do it also because the Bible said it is through those struggles that our faith is deepened and perfected, and we learn how to grow in our faith, and it produces stability, steadfastness in our life and patience in our life. So how do we do that though? How do we how do we face all these struggles of life and and rejoice? Well I want to just close with this verse over in I don't know if that was me or not, but uh uh in uh, Luke chapter twelve verse 32. One of the 365 fear nots in the Bible. Did you know there's 365 times in the Bible that God tells us to don't be afraid? 
Just chill out. Just calm down. Don't be afraid. One for every day of the year, 365 fear knots in the Bible, and one of them is right here. And look at this wonderful, wonderful little verse. And I just, I think it so applies to Bear Creek Baptist Church today because we are a little flock, aren't we? You know, we're not a mega church. Uh, we're a mini church. But uh, we have many, many wonderful blessings, even in a small church. He says, fear not, little flock. For it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Now, he's writing this to people who are being persecuted. He's writing this to people who think they have reason to be afraid. He's writing this to people who are discouraged. He's writing this to people who are afraid. (coughs) And he says, fear not, little flock, for... It's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Just five things I want to mention out here. The reason we should not be afraid is because we have a shepherd. We have a good shepherd. That's why he says little flock. Little flock. It means that we are his sheep. We are the sheep of his pasture, the Bible says. And in Psalm 23, it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I shall not suffer lack. And uh, so this verse tells us, Don't be afraid because you have a shepherd. But not only do you have a shepherd, you have a father. He says, Fear not, little flock, for it is the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. We have a father. It's one thing to have a shepherd, but to know that that shepherd has the heart of a father toward us. And whether we are the prodigal son coming home or whether we're the elder brother still living at home, we have a father whose affection for us is unchanging and undying. Fear not, you have a father. What a wonderful, wonderful father. But not only do we have a shepherd and a father, we have a king. He says, fear not, little flock. It's the father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Well, who can give a kingdom? Only a king. He's our king. He's the one who rules. He has all authority. Jesus said, I, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. And uh, we have a, a shepherd, father, king who says to us, I'll take care of you. You don't have to be afraid. Yes, you may go through deep waters, but when you go through those deep waters, they will not drown you. You may walk through the fire, but when you walk through the fire, I'll be there with you, and the fire will not consume you. You may go through great struggles. But I am the Lord, and I will be with you. So uh, he's a, a shepherd. He's a father. He's a king. But he is a giver, a giver. Fear not, little flock, for it's the Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. God is so generous. My goodness. 
Don't you love to give to your children? Don't you love to give good things to your children? I know we were at uh, the Ken Sierra for Alexis and uh, Paul and Elizabeth had gifts for her. And I don't know who enjoyed it the most. The one getting the gifts or the one giving the gifts. It just is so such a joy to give, isn't it? And I, I just watched the looks on their faces as they would give these gifts to their daughter. And they would just beam with delight. And she would too. Well, I want to tell you, we have a father, shepherd, king who loves to give to his children. He gives us good things. But then the fifth reason that we shouldn't fear, not only because we have a shepherd and a father and a king who loves to give, because, but he loves to give to those of whom he delights. He said, it is the father's good pleasure. It's his good pleasure. He delights in us. I, I love to see young people falling in love and getting married and looking at each other with those moon eyes, you know, and they're so struck on each other. And, and uh, uh, I hope that never, never gives up. It never gives out. And Joshua and Ashley got married. They just stood here and they just looked at each other so sweet. And just she walked down the aisle. He's just like, oh, yeah, he's delighting in her. And you still do, don't you? Yeah, amen. And I hope after you've been married 50 years, you're looking at her the same way and saying, ah, oh, I delight in you. I delight in you. Well, I want to tell you something. Sometimes. In human situations, the delight may wane. But I want to tell you, when God looks at you, he never stops delighting in you. It is God's good pleasure. He is so thrilled to bless his children with his presence, with his love, with his affection, and... uh he may bless us materially. As a matter of fact, most of us in this room have certainly received much, much more of God's material blessing than 80 or 90% of the rest of the world have. That's for sure. So we're blessed. We're blessed materially. And we're blessed physically. Most of us have lived a long time already. There's a few of you here that are still working on the early stages. But for me, 74 years, just uh, Brother Kevin was telling me just before church, said, well, you know, the Bible says God gives us 70 years. I said, well, I've already used mine all up, you know, and I've got four years of borrowed time on me already. That's all right. But, uh, I mean, God has blessed us. God has been so good to us. And he delights to do that. He looks at his children and he says, I know what's good for you. I, I'm going to give you. Sometimes we think, well, that's not what I want. He says, yeah, but, it, but it's what's really good for you. And he gives us what's best for us. 
I can think of times when my children were little, I'd give them something, and they'd say, no, I don't want that. I say, no, that's good for you. A few times they even gave them a spanking and said, you know, this is really good for you, you know. I maybe didn't convince them, but it, but it was the truth. And I tell you, sometimes God gives me a spanking, and he says, yeah, it's what you need. <laughs> it's good for you. And, but he delights in his children like we delight in our children. So fear not. Fear not. Don't, 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 don't be afraid. Jesus is Messiah. He's the son of David, but he's also the son of God. He's Lord. He's Lord. And because of that, he can say, fear not, little flock. It's the Father's good pleasure. To give you the kingdom. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you know what is good for us. And I know when I was a child, I would have probably killed myself eating the wrong stuff and just stuffing myself with uh, sweets and treats. But my parents, my mother knew what was best for me. She made me eat some of those green beans and Brussels sprouts and things that I didn't even like because she loved me and she knew it was what I needed. And I know that sometimes you, as our Heavenly Father, give to us uh, some things that may not be as tasteful, but you know what's best. And as the Sovereign Lord, you know our needs you know our future most of all you know of your great love for us help us to trust you to put our trust totally in you and to rejoice in who you are and what you do for us in jesus name amen thank you for listening to today's podcast We invite you to like us on Facebook or visit our website, www.bearcreekbaptist.org. If you're not a member of another church, we would like to invite you to join us in person and get to know us and let us get to know you. Have a great week and may the Lord richly bless you.